Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Market. Well, after surging as much as 4.6% during Friday's trading session, gasoline futures easing bit back, a bit, I should say, amid anticipation of Hurricane Harvey. We're talking a bit about the energy market that's coming up next right here on Bloomberg Radio. Let's get back, though, to all of your top business stories and uh, what's going on in today's trading session here is, once again, Charlie Pellet. All right. I thank you very much, Carol Master. We are on track for a winning week for U.S. equities. 28 minutes to go until that closing bell on this Friday, August 25th. Stocks and treasuries rose. The dollar sank after Fed Chair Janet Yellen's speech didn't take the hawkish tone some expected. Oil edging higher uh, with the Hurricane Harvey churning toward the energy-rich Texas coast. West Texas intermediate Media crude up 1%, 47.89 a barrel. And as Carol mentioned, we've got more on the topic, uh, oil and uh, gasoline coming up right here on Bloomberg Markets. Harvey has strengthened to a Category 3 hurricane. This according to the National Hurricane Center in its latest advisory. As it nears Texas, it is set to wreak havoc on the heart of America's energy sector. And with more on that story, here's Bloomberg's Jeff Bellin. Hurricane Harvey could disrupt about 1 million barrels a day in crude production and shrink refining capacity. ExxonMobil, Royal Dutch Shell, ConocoPhillips, and Kinder Morgan are among the energy companies halting work in the area. Insurers such as Chubb, AIG, Allstate, and Travelers could face potential losses on their exposure to Texas, while retail chains with many stores in the state, including Dillard's, Ross Stores, and Walmart, could see weaker sales due to closures. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Radio. And oil explorers park more drilling rigs in the U.S. this week as some in the industry begin to turn away from shale. According to Baker Hughes at its latest weekly update, working rigs targeting crude fell by four, bringing the total to 759. Again, crude oil trading higher by 1%. Gold up three-tenths of 1%. The 10-year up 7.30 seconds, yield 2.17%. S&P up eight, up four-tenths of 1%. The Dow up 70, up three-tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up one-tenth of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you very much for that update. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets, and this is Bloomberg Radio. Well, now listen, people, let me tell you some news. I sing a song called the Crude Oil Blues. We're low on heat, well, if you are anticipating higher oil prices, uh, you may want to listen to our next guest because he's saying we could see $32 a barrel oil by uh, December. James Cordier is with us. He is founder and president at OptionSellers.com, an oil trader based in Tampa, Florida, but to enter Bloomberg 1130 studio. And energy markets were watching a lot today because of uh, Hurricane Harvey because we did see some reaction, although gasoline, I should point out, uh, certainly backed off that 4.6% pay uh, surge that we saw earlier in the session. Uh, nice to have you here. My pleasure, Carol. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about oil, first of all, because you do have that $32 a barrel uh, projection potentially. Right now we're at forty seven eighty eight in the close today. Um, why so much lower? Well, we think um, certain things that are going to be happening soon, we're going to go from the um, greatest demand period to just the smallest demand period over the next 60 to 90 days. So basically, we feel that... Um, a lot of people are talking about a balanced market because of the OPEC cuts, but we really don't think it is balanced. Um, we think uh, Nigeria, Libya, and what's happening in Texas, of course, uh, the great expansion of crude oil production, is going to probably equal a lot of the production cuts uh, out of OPEC that people were so excited about. 
Um, basically, um, we feel that with the United States uh, soon to produce 10 million barrels a day, uh, in addition to Libya and Nigeria, um, we think that uh, as we go into the shoulder season, after driving season, before heating season, right. we're going to probably have extra barrels, and we think uh, oil is going to probably race away from this $50 level quite a bit uh, to the downside. So what happens to you know the, the logical thinking that as crude oil, if it continues to go down, that there are less participants willing to get crude out of the ground, that it doesn't you know necessarily arithmetically make sense to do so? What happens to that? that, that does that come undone, that relationship? Carol, that is the secret sauce to um, this shoulder season. Um, several years ago when oil went all the way down to $27 a barrel, a lot of uh, the oil companies uh, wind up selling to stronger hands. Um, basically, producing oil without a hedge on is certainly very risky. And mm-hmm. when oil was at $100 a barrel about three or four years ago, uh, you know, producers didn't worry about being hedged. Um, now they do. Um, it's our understanding that uh, when oil was rallying up to 54 56 58 recently, in the back months, so in other words, 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. the new owners of uh, drilling rigs in uh, especially Texas put on hedges. So it, it's almost a more savvy uh, financial owner of and producer of oil recently. Producing oil in the mid to upper 30s and having the ability to hedge in the mid 50s was extremely, um, you know, attractive situation to the new producers. And from what we understand is they locked that in. So high prices curing high prices, low prices curing low prices, that may not work this time. So that's a dramatic shift in the energy market as we know and love it. Absolutely. If indeed that plays out that way. Right. Because as oil usually has gone down in the past, they would drill less. Correct. And that may not happen this time around. Well, we did also see this time around that there were more players that stayed in because they learned to be more efficient and cut costs. And so they were able to keep pumping or doing whatever they were doing in terms of drilling and so on and so forth because they were able to kind of cut excess costs out of the equation and keep on going. And I think that was unanticipated. I would agree. And the gamble aspect of, you know, producing oil and, you know, crossing your fingers that it's uh, at a good level, they've really taken that out of the mix recently. It's thought that some 70 to 80 percent of the new oil producers are hedged above 50. Mm-hmm. So if oil should come down uh, this fall, and we expect that it will, um, they can just keep pumping because they're selling at hedges that are at 52 to $55. Interesting. So what does this mean longer term for the energy market? We think that... Especially if you have so much more supply coming on. The real um, interesting point when the markets fall is will OPEC nations uh, continue to curtail production? That's going to be the real magic in the uh, key I would of say oil. no. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have a very good uh, reputation no. for... Even Our we record. saw Saudi Arabia cheating and... Then you have countries like Iran and Iraq. Um, if we start seeing oil And there's slip, tensions. It's not a cohesive group in the Middle East, even among Arab allies. Carol, can you imagine? It's not a cohesive uh, group when oil's at 50. If we start falling to 44 and 42 this fall, and I'm pretty sure we will, um, I think they're going to be opening up the spigots in order to get uh, the money that they need. Um, what would make you change your mind about this, this outlook? And we just got about 20 seconds. Okay. Um, the outlook um, is definitely for $40 oil okay. um, in October and November. And then what does OPEC do with it? If they start really pumping oil in order to keep their income at the same level, that's when we get into the 30s. 
I don't see anything changing my mind uh, between now and December. We're going to see oil at least $10 below where we are right now. Very different world environment that would be in terms of the energy space. Uh, James, nice to get uh, some time. We'll be sure to check back with you a little bit later on this year in terms of where those prices are. James Cordier, founder and president of uh, OptionSellers.com, an oil trader, taking us through uh, his expectations for crude oil a little bit later on this year. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Friday, and this is Bloomberg Radio. Once again, let's see what's going on in world and national news headlines. Let's get to Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Hi, Nathan. Well, we are uh, watching this uh, storm. Harvey quickly gained strength. You know, it was only yesterday, Carol, that Harvey was a tropical depression. Now it's a life-threatening storm aimed straight at the Texas Gulf Coast with Category 3 strength winds of 120 miles an hour. Voluntary evacuations are now underway from Texas to Louisiana with this storm set to make landfall late tonight, early tomorrow. We've had... Uh, significant rainfall predicted. Uh, storm surge in Texas and Louisiana over the weekend and into the next week uh, are forecast to be serious. Uh, this could remain a dangerous storm for several days. White House Homeland Security Advisor Tom Bossert says President Trump is considering a disaster declaration for Texas. Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says he could visit the Lone Star State next week. White House Economic Advisor Gary Cohn says the president's going to spend the next few weeks pitching the nation on tax reform while leaving it to Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill to hash out the details. Glenn Hubbard's the dean of Columbia Business School. He tells Bloomberg it's not quite that simple. The most important person remains the president. You cannot do a big tax reform without presidential leadership. Mechanically, tax bills start in the House of Representatives, but in the real world, leadership still starts in the White House. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin says he's hopeful they can get tax reform done by the end of this year. He told reporters at the White House today he had thought they could get it done this month, but he says he was wrong. The U.S. military says it will look into claims civilians, including children, were killed in a U.S.-backed operation today in Somalia. The country's information ministry says eight al-Shabaab militants died in the operation and no civilians were harmed. I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg.